0: Welcome to the Allentown Fellowship Church Podcast. Join us as we study God's Word book by book and then apply practical application to our lives. Okay, so we're going to continue book of James. We've been walking through, again, very practical wisdom that James is giving. Some people... Um, liking James to the book of Proverbs because he hits on so many different topics and it's just real practical advice this is this is the way you ought to be living in light of your faith that's what I love about James what what does a Christian look like what should a Christian be doing in the day-to-day mundane, Monday to Friday or Monday to Saturday work life in your family, what does it look like? And James deals with so many different topics from trials to wisdom, to anger, to the tongue, to what real religion looks like. I mean, it's just practical, practical advice, but not just advice. It's the word of God. So it's the truth that God is laying out for the believer, even today, that this is what it means to live out your faith, all right? We've been dealing with, or we've dealt with the trials, we dealt with that there are some trials that maybe come into your life because of you, we dealt with that last week, right? Because of the things that we want. I want this in my life, so I'm going to go after it, and then it brings consequences. God does not tempt you to sin. God does not bring those kind of trials into your life. James said, no, that's your own doing, things that we want. And he gives that analogy where we look at something, we begin to desire it, we begin to think about it and contemplate it and then we take hold of it. And then it births death into our life. We gotta be honest about that. The trials that fall into our life that he talks about in the beginning of James, those are ones that you did not bring into your life. They're things that fell upon you. This couple that's dealing with this little two pound baby. His name is Rowan. Matter of fact, we should pray for Rowan. We'll keep Rowan on our list right? That, that's not something they expected. It fell into their life. But yet even something as devastating as this, God says, I will give grace. I will give you patience. I will give you endurance. But then there may be things that we're wrestling with in our life because of decisions that we made, things that we did contrary to God's wisdom. And as a result, we're now reaping those consequences. So you have to be very clear in your mind, the suffering, the trials that you go through. Why am I going through them? Where are they coming from? Is this something that God is just allowing that I, I didn't ask for this? Okay, well then rejoice. Count it all joy. God's using that to strengthen your faith, your character. But then maybe there's some things that, man, I keep... I keep falling into this, but this is because of my choices, how I'm spending my time, my resources, things I'm letting into my life that are causing these trials. Well, those things you got to put out of your life. You got to be honest about which one is it. Students will often come to me sometimes and say, you know, as we get to the end of a marking quarter, Pastor Ron, can I have some extra credit? Well, here's my take on extra credit, extra credit is extra credit that's assuming that you've done the required credit <laughs> so let me see your average mm, 35 average boy it ain't enough there ain't i no, ain't got that much extra credit you got 35 average you know how much extra credit i gotta give you to get that up to a 60 right so and then it's, oh, man, you're not helping me. You're not helping me. Come on. Hey, we we can fall into that mindset as humans so easy. How come you're not helping me? I'm trying to do this thing. Really? You got a 35. All year, you got a 35. Now, the person that comes to me and says, Pastor Ron, anything I can do for extra credit, I pull up their average. They got a 89. 89. One point away from an A. Okay. Here you go. Here's the two. Two-page paper. Write this two-page paper. I'll give you that one point to get you to. Right, but they've done what is required. We got to be honest with ourselves. Kind of like the whole diet and the butter pecan thing, right? Don't keep complaining about. Man, I got to lose this weight. I got. I wish I got more energy. I wish I. Stop it. Stop eating the ice cream. It's like, stop eating the muffins. But then Ron got to stop making the muffins. See how I just blamed him? See how I just switched that? Like, you know, I I came in one day after I made that resolve I'm not going to eat the Butter Pecan ice cream. And I haven't since. And then I walked in one day and there were two pans of freshly made muffins sitting on the table. I said, My Lord, isn't God good? And I went and I had one. And I went. Did what I had to do, but on the way out, I had another one, and it's like, man, it's so hard. Why is it? Because I want what I want. I want what I want, but I also don't want the ill effects of eating too many carbs and gaining weight. Okay, well then you have to do something. You can't. But see, in our flesh, we want both. I want the four muffins. Did I say four? Alright, so I had two more when I came back Later that night Thank you very much, Ronald um, I want the muffins But I also want the benefit Of not eating for muffins It doesn't work that way And our life is like that When it comes to the choices How we spend our time Right, it, it, what do you want and, and, and what James is saying here There's God's wisdom And then there's your wisdom I think God's wisdom is probably going to always work out better for you. So we dealt with that last week. We come down to verse 19. And now James is going to kind of shift the gears a little bit and and kind of focus on our character and our conduct in regards to really our, our speech in this first little section. So look at what he says in verse 19. Oh, you know, we didn't pray for the word. We need to pray for the word, right? Amen. Thank you. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. And God, I pray now that your Holy Spirit would minister this word to all of our hearts. You know where each and every one of us are in our walk with you. And I pray that this word would bring conviction, bring wisdom, bring insight that we might look more like you as a result of being here today when we leave this place, Father. So we thank you and pray for your blessing in Christ's name, amen. So James 1:19, look at what he says. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Wow. So in his first section, because there's there's about two or three different topics that he's going to deal with here. In this first section, he's, he's talking about controlling your speech controlling how you respond be very quick to listen but slow to speak and then slow to anger now in the context here he's speaking to jewish christians and these jewish christians no doubt would get into these debates back and forth about the law about what's right, what's not right. And no doubt, as he's talking to these Jewish believers, some of them have brought into their Christian faith, the same way of dealing with issues as they did before they were a believer. So if they were highly cantankerous with their speech and highly debating with their speech and trying to argue people down. Some of these Jewish Christians would have brought this same type of, conduct into their Christian life. And so he says notice he's talking to believers my beloved brothers listen be quick to listen be very slow to open up your mouth. Have you ever get got like drawn into an argument and you jump in and just start right away with your speech and the next thing you know you're angry and then that anger turns into what? The things that he talks about all filthiness, rampant wickedness, It's so easy to lose control with your speech. And so what's the wisdom here? He says, listen, be very quick to just listen. Listen, when I do counseling and and, and two people get into it, sometimes I say, why is it so important right now in this moment for you to win this argument? Now I'm not arguing, I'm just giving you a piece of my mind. And I just say, yeah, but you're all ramped up. Why are you all ramped up? It's so easy to sit and speak and allow our language to turn into anger. So what's the wisdom here? Be quick to listen. Just listen. Just listen. Notice what he says here. This anger that can be produced in our lives because we're not being slow to speak and we're not being quick to hear. Notice what he says about the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. How many times in your anger do you end up doing that which is not pleasing to God? It, 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 there's almost 100% probability that when you're fueled with anger, you're probably not going to do what's right. <laughs> it's like being on that emotional sliding board, and you're just gone. It's like too late. And then in our mind, I've done this. I'm angry at someone. I'm arguing at, with someone. I wasn't slow to speak. I, I didn't do what he's going to say here in a little bit. Just receive, let God's word minister to you, right? And, and based on what God's word does, allow that to be the way you respond. Nope. I let my emotions get the best of me, right? Then I respond in anger, and then the anger produces all that is not pleasing to God. And in the midst of that, I don't know about you, but so many times in the midst, knowing I'm doing it, because the Holy Spirit's like, like this is so wrong. But now I'm like, oh, well, I'm here now. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm halfway down the slide. I'm always just slide all the way down. That's the flesh. That's given into the flesh. And when it's all said and done, you did not produce anything that was God-like, that was Christ-like. That's, that's the, the power of anger. Now, being angry in and of itself is not wrong. Ephesians says, be angry, but don't sin. Let your words be seasoned with grace and humility, right? There is a time to have an anger without sinning. Jesus got angry. He drove the people out of the temple, right? He, he had anger towards the Pharisees, but he never sinned very difficult sometimes to control our anger so that it doesn't produce the unrighteousness rather than righteousness of God. So so James gives this wisdom and says, listen, be slow to speak. You hear someone say something, don't respond right away. Think about it for a minute. Think about it. Notice what he says. Put away all filthiness and ramp Rampant wickedness and receive with, what's the next word? Meekness, humility. The implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now he's not talking about salvation here because he's already speaking to believers. But the idea here is in the midst of conflict, in the midst of whatever is, is drawing you in, Have an attitude of meekness. Receive the implanted word. What is it? Like that word of God. Notice the implanted word, right? These are believers. They have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. As the Holy Spirit is ministering to your heart, what pleases is God, which is going to be based in the word of God. Receive that. Receive that. Don't give in to the flesh that wants to jump in the fire. And then the anger is going to produce all this unrighteousness. No, receive the implanted word, which is able to save your souls or deliver your soul. In other words, have you respond in a way that is honoring to God. That's what I want. It's hard to do when you're caught up, and especially when someone is attacking you. But this is, this is the wisdom of God here, James is saying. Now, notice this is interesting because he comes off of this topic and kind of switches gears again. Look at the next verse, 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Now, even though he's kind of switching topics, I think they are still related. Because the way that I speak, it ought to reflect what? Christ. Christ. So why am I allowing my words to turn into anger that turns into all manners of, of wickedness? Because I'm not doing verse 22. I'm not doing the word of God. I'm giving into my flesh rather than the spirit of God. So he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. And he explains what he means here. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, And not a doer. Here's what you're like. A man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Wow. You look in the mirror. You see your hair is all disheveled. You got shaving cream on the side of your face. And you look and you see it, you recognize it, and then by the time you walk out of the bedroom and headed to work, you totally forgot what you just saw. In other words, you do nothing to fix it. That's the idea. You look in the mirror, you see it, and it's like you go. You, you, and then you walk out, and everybody's looking at it like, what's wrong with him? And he, somebody need to let him know. <laughs> you ever see that kind of stuff and you don't say anything? You're like, I don't want to say anything, but does he realize that? Does she realize her wig is halfway off? Like, should we say something? I ain't going to say nothing, right? Because it's kind of awkward. But but this is the analogy James is using. He says, if you are not doing God's Word, this is the type of person you are. Now watch, he's going to tie it together. He gives a contrast. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, God's Word, and watch this, and perseveres, perseveres in it. You you gaze in God's word. You allow God's word to minister to your heart. Notice this is in contrary to what he said about the man who looks in the mirror, because notice, go back up. The man who looks in the mirror, he looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, right? For he looks at himself, but then he goes away and at once forgets what he was like. He says, no, don't be like this. Be like the one who looks in the word of God and you persevere. You persevere in the word of God. You, You gaze upon the word of God. You allow the word of God to bring conviction to your heart, to change that behavior that God's word is going to expose. So look what he says. The one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, And perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What is he saying here? The word of God is not here in our lives just for us to hear it. Just to hear the word of God. If you are not living out the word, what's the point? James gives this command, listen, don't just be hearers, but be doers of the word of God. You know, Sunday morning is not about just going to church because it's Sunday, and that's what we do in America. We can feel good. We went to church today. No, it's about what is God saying in his word that I'm going to take out of here and apply to my life. There are so many people who sit in churches, no doubt right now, all across the world. And they're hearing messages and they agree. They hear it. Yes. Oh, that was an awesome message. But they're not doing it. They're not living it out in their life. James says, don't be like that. You're no different than a man who looks at himself in the mirror. There's something that needs to be fixed. And then you don't change it. I want to read uh, something from a commentary to you because it kind of captures this so well. Some people, when the service is over, seldom think of anything but going home. Others will pass a remark about the sermon and then dismiss the subject finally from their thoughts. A few will express more deliberately the pleasure with which they listened to the discourse. But perhaps even these are satisfied merely with having enjoyed it. These are all responses people have from the Sunday morning service. Then he goes on and says this, the purpose of preaching, however, is not that the people may be very much pleased. Good sermon, Pastor Ron. Man, you brought it home, bro. That's not the purpose of this. Rather, the purpose is that they may be profited, edified, and inspired to live an upright, generous, godly life. Wow. The highest praise that can be bestowed upon a Christian minister is not to tell him how much his preaching is enjoyed on Sunday, but to let him see how well it is being translated into the life on the other days of the week. Man, that, that captures it so well. Be a doer, not just a hearer of the word of God. How much of the word of God are we actually living out in our lives? And these Jewish believers, James is reminding them, listen, you guys are believers. You ought, your life ought to reflect what it is you say you believe. Why are you having these arguments and these debates that are turning in to these harsh words and you're actually sinning with your mouth? What are you doing? So he says, be slow to speak. Allow the word of God to be why, why you say what you say. It's coming from what God would have you to say. And then he switches gears here and says, you need to be doing the word of God, not just hearing it. What if we lived out? as many sermons as we hear. Wow. We would change our communities. We would would be a light so bright, people would be like, wow. So look at what he says. Again, the one who looks into the perfect law and perseveres. You think about that word and perseveres. We said it earlier today. Uh, The the Christian life is hard. When, when, When you wrestle with what's going on in your life, and as you're in God's word and the Holy Spirit is convicting you, there's a battle going on. You have to make up in your mind, I am going to persevere. I am going to keep fighting by God's grace, the power of the Holy Spirit, to live out these truths that I'm learning. And it, it is going to take persevering. It, it's not, it's not, you know, Satan's not going to sit by and not attack you. And how does he attack? Here's how he attacks. You sit down and read the Word of God and all of a sudden you get sleepy. That ever happened to you? I'm perfectly fine. I'm wide awake. As soon as I open up the Word of God, all of a sudden it's like, man, I can't stay awake. But when I shut the book, all of a sudden, I'm awake enough to watch the Food Network channel for episodes. What is that? See, this is is how spiritual warfare works, guys. This is what it looks like. Your, 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 Your only source of changing your thinking is God's word. Romans 12, be renewed, be renewed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Satan's number one target is going to be to get you to not renew your mind. Stay out of the word. Okay, so if I'm not in the word and I'm not receiving the implanted word and that word is not springing up in me and controlling how I do relationships and how I deal with conflict and how I deal with my own personal struggles, if that word of God is not in me giving me that wisdom because I'm not in it, What's the other option? You. What you think. (laughs) That's the only other option. And this is why I believe Satan fights day and night for us to keep the Word of God out of our minds. So, James says, if you look into the law of liberty, which is another expression for God's Word, and persevere not just being a hearer who forgets but a doer who acts the, look so what you mole over God's word for an hour or 20 minutes a day but you don't do it so what's the point James says no you Not only do I stay in the word and I fight to keep the word coming in my mind, but now I actually do it. I live it out. Again, don't be deceived and just because we hear the word of God, that's no substitute for doing the word of God. It's kind of like the student, go back to the student. The student may hear me lecture for 45 minutes. They gotta go home and study that material. They have to go home and, and you can tell the ones that don't by looking at the grade. James says, don't forget it, but be a doer. And notice what he says. The promise is he will be blessed in his doing. He will be happy in his doing. Now, let, let, let's not misunderstand this. He's not guaranteeing that your life is always going to be happy. That's not what he's saying. In the context here, the way you behave, you will be blessed. You will be happy in the fact that I responded in such a way to this thing in my life. I responded to it in such a way that shows the righteousness of God. God is pleased. That's where the happiness comes from. Not necessarily that I'm happy. But he says, you will be blessed when you dwell in the word of God to not only hear it, but then you actually put it into play in your life. Your life will be blessed. Why? Because you're living a life now that is pleasing to God. And yet I could do that in the midst of everything around me falling apart. But I'm still handling my life in a way that honors God. That's a man who's blessed. And yes, there are times where God is going to actually literally bless, and you're going to get a job, and you're going to get a job offer, and you're going to feel good, and and, and things are going to happen to you that are good. It's not that God is this big ogre in the sky. I'm not going to let anything happen to you that's good. No. We we saw earlier, every good and perfect gift comes from God, the greatest one being our salvation. But there are times where God will, will pour out a blessing on you, just times where God will bless you financially, will bless you with, with health, will bless you with, wow, I got that house I wanted to buy. I got, yes, those are the blessings of God too. But, but we're so heavy on that sometimes that if God doesn't do those things, where is he? Where is he? Look, God's not concerned that my main thing in life is that I'm comfortable. You don't find that in scripture. Will God bless? Yeah, the Bible says it rains on the just and on the unjust. Material possessions, career, being blessed in your career, all of that. Yeah, yeah, God can work in those realms, but there's a blessing that's far greater than that. It's walking, living your life in a way that honors God because of who he is, because of what he's done for you. And so many times as I talk to Christians, they want the material, the temporal blessings. And then if that doesn't happen, they're doing the word of God and all circumstances fades because God's not blessing them. We've got to be careful when we talk about the blessing of God. So let's move on now. Notice what James says now. If anyone thinks he is religious, Wow. Sounds like some people are thinking they're religious Because of the knowledge they have Which the Jews would have been struggling with this They had a lot of knowledge He says if anyone thinks he is religious And does not bridle his tongue Guess what But deceives his heart This person's religion is worthless Wow James is hitting hard now Don't tell me about your religious knowledge don't tell me that you have the Torah memorized. Don't tell me about you fill in the blank. If you can't control your tongue, it means nothing. Wow. Wow. Look, look what he says. This person deceives his heart. This person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure. And undefiled before God the Father or God our Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Wow. Now, again, you have to understand that what's going on here as he's talking to these Jewish believers, the, these are terms that, that would catch the Jewish ears. Pure and undefiled. Religion that is pure and undefiled. The Jews were big about those two words, being pure and undefiled. The ceremonial washings. As a matter of fact, a Jewish person would go out into the marketplace. If they bumped into a Gentile, they had to cleanse themselves because they were pure and god's people right and james making a play on those words says no i'll tell you what pure and undefiled religion is before god notice he said before god not what you set up go visit the widows and the orphans in their affliction wow realize that the widows and the orphans during this time were kind of looked at as outcast (laughs) You want to show me real religion? It's not that you're saying all the right things, that you have all this religious knowledge. It's what? What is he getting at? It's your actions. I don't care about your seminary degree. Go feed the hungry. Go visit the leper. That's what pure and undefiled religion is, not head knowledge. What is James getting at here? Be a doer of the word. You may have all this head knowledge, but if you can't even control your tongue, it's worthless. You will see James constantly coming back to this theme throughout this book. You say you know Christ, your life ought to look different. It's the bottom line. You say you know Christ, your words ought to be different. And why is it that that, that, that your words ought to be different? Because it's out of the heart that we speak. It's out of the heart that we speak. These Jewish believers may have been finding some great confidence in all the knowledge they have and all the things they can quote and all the proverbs they memorized. And James comes in and says, that's worthless. That's worthless. Are you ministering? Are you doing justice to the outcast, to the marginalized? That's pure religion. so what's the application for us well there's a lot of different applications we could look at one when it comes to our words and the things that we say know that what you say is an indication of what's really in your heart what comes out of your mouth is is not just coming out of your mouth totally devoid of what's in your heart it's coming out of your mouth because that's what's in your heart the hardest thing to get people to realize is when when deceit and lies and all those things come out and, 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 and you're demeaning another person. And then I hear people say this, well, I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's why you said it. No, no, no. I just got caught up in a moment. Don't make excuses for what's really in your heart. If you don't really examine your heart and see what's really in your heart based on what's coming out of your mouth, you'll never change. James says, if you think you're religious you don't bridle your tongue you don't have what comes out of your mouth that which is pleasing to god this so-called religion you think you have or this standing you have of being religious it's worthless it's really an issue of the heart is the word of god what comes out of your mouth but then also think about this as an application think about what your life looks like right now as a believer. If you're a believer, what does your life look like? Does your life reflect what's in the word of God? Real simple. Now, no, nobody's perfect. We will not be perfect until Christ comes and we drop off this flesh and we're totally redeemed. I get that. But that's no excuse for us to be walking in Christ. It's not like, well, you know, you're going to struggle all your life. So just, you know, just wait till the end. No, then get rid of the whole New Testament. Get rid of the Old Testament for that sake. God has called us to be holy as I am holy. Not holy in my own righteousness, but because of Christ in me, I should be living out what's in this book. Where in your life, what areas of your life are you not living out? You know, you know about them. You know what God says about this issue, but you're not living it out. Then you're not being a doer of the word. You just know the word here. And James would say to you, and God would say to you, that prophet's nothing. Remember what Jesus said? Stop calling me Lord, Lord, and you don't do a thing that I say. Wow. That's Jesus turning around to some of his disciples. Stop calling me rabbi. Stop calling me your your, your rabbi and you're my disciple. You don't do what I say. (laughs) See, being a true follower of Christ is not saying, oh, I believe in Jesus. Oh, I accept the Christ, I put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. No, a true disciple is one who actually walks in his footsteps. That's what the term literally, is. you follow what the rabbi does. You follow in his footsteps. That's what a true disciple is. We got to look at our lives and say, what areas do I know a lot about what God would say about this, but my life doesn't match? And then another thing to think about, interesting that all throughout this book again this theme is going to come up that our faith should be a faith of action our faith should be doing something he says pure religion is this to do what visit the orphans and the widows in their affliction god's not concerned just with how much biblical knowledge i have and it's, and, it's, and I got to watch myself because I love to study. Well, I, I had to finally just put my Kindle down because it's so easy to buy another book. Buy now. Boom. I got like 12 new books on the Kindle I haven't even opened. Why? Oh, that's a good book. Oh, that's a good book. Oh, that's a good book. And I finally had to just put it down and say, stop it. You're like addicted to the Kindle now. It's Butter Pecan. So <laughs> Butter Pecan's cheaper. <laughs> uh, but, but I got to be careful. So what? Knowledge puffs up You gotta be careful And don't think because of the more knowledge you have And the latest theologian Who's written another book And now you got that Okay, how much of this are you doing? How much of this are you living out? Again, knowledge is not bad Romans said to do what? Renew your mind with his knowledge But you see how we can We can get it unbalanced Unbalanced it was all about knowledge and not about doing look at your life guys. Are you allowing God's word to change you? Not just understanding his word, but are you then applying it to areas of your life where you are changing? That's true religion. Where's your faith being acted out and loving on other people? like the marginalized, the widows, the orphans. That's true faith, putting action on what you say you believe. Amen? Father, I pray that you would help us to examine our hearts. Lord, we don't just want to be hearers of your word. It's so easy just to keep taking in truth, taking in truth, but then not living out truth. Father, I pray that you would help us examine our hearts, that we might truly walk, live out our faith. Father, that people might see Christ in us, that we might show the love of Christ to people, not just in word, but in action. So Father, thank you for your word today. Help us this week. You know what the week entails, all the stuff we're gonna run into. God, may we receive the implanted word. Allow that word to guide us, to be our wisdom. May we, God, show forth your righteousness by how we respond to every situation, no matter what it is. We need your grace. We need your wisdom, Father, to represent you well, even this week. And so we pray for that. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for listening to the AFC podcast. If you would like to join us in our service, we meet at 457 West Allen Street in Allentown, PA, in what is called the Daybreak Room, located in the Dubs Memorial Community Center. Services start at one o'clock. We would love to have you come visit. Until next week, God bless and apply his word.